stay fly, stay fly. And I, gotta, I do all this because I know that as soon as I say, if I just call up and say, you know, um, you know, Malik is not doing well in class. Oh, we trying to say I'm a bad parent? And I'm like, no, I'm not trying to say that at all. So I, I feel you. Um, I, I, I see a lot of parents doing things like, you know, and this is just one example and I'll move on. I've had students that'll sleep in class and I'm like, yo, what time you going to bed? And they be like, I'm going to bed at two, three in the morning. And I'm like, bruh, you supposed to be, you know, like, you don't have a bedtime? And they be like, nah. You're listening to the Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed on the Fly Guy Podcast by the guests of the Fly Guy Podcast are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> hey, this is Ernie Thomas here on the Bold School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho Vaughner's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe, and share. He's saying some good things. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. Right, and we're live. It's your man, DJ Seiko Vaughner, back with another episode of the Fly Guys Podcast. We have some fly folk in the room. We have Crumb Snatcher in the room. We have Cousin Sam in the room. What's good, fellas? Peace, 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 brother. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? It is well. That's what I'm saying, man. That's It is well. We're going to hop right into right. it, man, uh, because Star Armstrong is going to be our host for tonight, so she'll be tapping in in a little bit. And the topic, the topic for tonight is flushing the BS that black folks accept. <laughs> so we got a lot of things that are unacceptable in our community, man. And I want to just chat on a few of them. We're not going to have the ability to deal with the myriad of everything tonight. We're just not going to have the ability to deal with the myriad of everything tonight. But I do think that we can deal with a couple of the things. So uh, we have Dan Trez on me that popped in. And Shay, what's good, Queen? How you doing, Shay? Good evening, good evening. All right, good stuff, good stuff. Dan Trez, what's good, brother? You feeling good? I'm good. Just um, trying to set up the lighting better, so, so yeah. We'll make it happen. All right, so Crumb, man, I know that you were really passionate with some thoughts on things that we need to flush in the uh, so-called black community. Let me give a disclaimer. We're not stupid. We don't think we're a crayon color. We don't think we're coming from a nation called black, a city called black, a planet called black. We're not talking about skin to- skin color properly. We're not necessarily talking about nationality. We're not necessarily talking about legal status. We're using a commonly accepted term to deal with people of African descent, indigenous people of African descent, uh, indigenous people, whatever term you want to use. That's what we're talking about, Morris. Whatever term you want to use, right? So, disclaimer, we're not stupid. Crumb, what are some of the things that we need to flush, bro? Uh, you know, I say we definitely have to flush um, white Jesus for one. Number two, the thing that we have to flush, we're going to have to flush our uh, dependency on white people. Number three, the um, the third thing that we're gonna have to flush is um, we're gonna have to flush this language. We we're gonna have to get away from this this whole English language that we're speaking. Why do you say that, bro? Why do you say that? There's a curse on the language. Um, 
this language is a dead language. A lot of us are having um, our tonsils removed because of the language, not because of anything else. Primarily that in addition to diet. Stuttering, it all comes from the language. <coughs> our uh, children performing low on IQ tests, that's because of the language, not because of intellectual quotient. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And Star has joined us. Queen. What's up? Salute to the Queen Star. What's up, Star? How you doing, girl? Hey everybody. How y'all doing? Cool, cool, cool. All right, so Star, you wanna be leading us in this one. So uh I don't even know how to introduce you. So I'm gonna allow you to introduce yourself again. Introduce yourself to the Master students who follow Crumb and to the fly folks who follow the Fly Guy Show, the Fly Guy Podcast. Introduce yourself, Star. Greetings, everybody. It is good to be back in here. My name is Star, and I am um, an author, a motivational speaker. I have a nonprofit organization called Clever Communities in Action. Um, I am an advocate for our people. I have uh, many, many years of working with our youth. Um, I am passionate uh, about everything that um, relates to our community. I am the granddaughter of Freedom Fighters, um, originally from Gadsden, Alabama, and then grew up in VA. It is my pleasure again to be up here with everybody. Did you guys already? I know I'm a little late to the party. Did everybody else already introduce themselves? A yes or no? I don't, I... Well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, give each one of us an opportunity to introduce ourselves. Okay. Well, um, ladies first. So we have Shay um, on here. So, Shay, tell everybody who you are and a little bit about yourself. Counselor, educator, and uh, my current business is a nonprofit to give kids the foundation they need to be able to read, but also to kind of correct this American propaganda narrative that we've been given so we can get an accurate history and understanding of our community. That's what's up. And then moving right on this way, Danny. Peace. Um, Y'all know me as Dan Trezoma. You call me Danny, though. My people call me Danny. But I'm an educator, a uh, capoeirista, and a b-boy. All right. And then, okay. And and what, the brother above Danny, I know we've, like, chatted. We've done the um, message, messages before, but I need a, a formal introduction to you. <laughs> uh, me, I... Well, hello, everyone. Yeah. Hello everyone, my name is Sam, um, I'm an accountant by trade, and my cousin, he was interesting come join us, and you always have something to Alright, cool, so here I am, um, I'm enjoying all of this, this is great, I'm glad to be back, a lot of things happened, so I couldn't join you, I'm just happy to be here. Okay, Sam, what's your area code? I'm in D.C. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure about something. All right, and then um, Seiko, have you already introduced yourself? 
I did. I'm the God loving God fearing that turn of hip hop poppy F count on me. I'm DJ Seiko Varner back with another episode. And I love the fact that you're in charge this time, Shay. So I'm going to step back, salute the goddess, and fade to the darkness. And I'm star. <laughs> but okay. And then last but not least, the channel, the host that we're on, um, Crumb, I guess everybody watching knows, but in case somebody tuned in um, off of us and they're not familiar, then tell everybody who you are. Peace and love. I am your humble brother, Crumb. I am a master student. I am a talking head. I am a scholar who uh, researches and teaches from a original perspective, melanated, carbonated, black, Moorish, indigenous, aboriginal, what have you. Um, anything and all things our people is where I'm going to speak pertaining from. That's what's up. So we got a dope, we got a super panel here. Like some of you all, I know um, I've listened, like Danny, I subscribe to your podcast today. I checked out uh, where my killer tape at and don't raise an F boy. I really enjoyed that. Shout out to that. Y'all make sure you subscribe to where my killer tape at by Dan Trez on me if you haven't already. Um, say I know personally. Seiko, I know personally. And um, Sam and Chrome, I know some stuff about you. So this is going to be interesting. Um, you guys were kind of like what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm like uh, things might move around in a lot of different ways. Just let it be what it be. Like we got quite a few different um, personalities up here, but one common um, goal and thing that unites us, and that's the love of our people. So Seiko and I were kind of talking, and you know, our conversation went from misogyny in the community, a lot of different ways, but something that kind of um, uh, was like the undertone of the conversation. We started talking about our youth talking about the way that um, a lot of men treat women. And the thing that came up was um, the L word, love. Um, a love or lack of love. Um, the, the treatment of others has a lot to do with how somebody views themselves. And so one of the things when um, Seiko was talking about the youth that he works with, I'm talking about the children that, I'm work, that I work with. And I said that um, a lot of the, the actions that we see, the way the children, some of them talk to each other, um, the way that we see, see things set up in our community, a lot of times everybody ready to drag one another. Um, I have said that a lot of our babies suffer from what I call a love deficiency. So um, my remedy for that is that we have to exercise what I call guerrilla love fair tactics. Like we've heard about guerrilla warfare tactics, but I say guerrilla love fair tactics and what that looks like when we're dealing with our youth. But if that's how we have to deal with our youth, like the way children are, um, when, when issues are not addressed, then they become adults who suffer from the same things and this spills on to other people, right? And it permeates through our community. So I think, um, I'm sorry, I'm reading and talking, but I think one of the things that we wanted to, that we wanted to start talking about today was um, how we interact with one another. Like I was talking to Seiko about the fact that I see everybody is always here for the dragging. Okay, like they're ready to drag. We are ready to run. If there is a disagreement, we're not getting ready to talk this out. We're getting ready to be like petty. You know, I'm seeing grown people who brag about being petty, like, yo, I'm petty. 
Um, but then if we have children with petty behavior, we are trying to stop that or correct that, right? Um, we're ready for a dragon. So let's talk about it in the beginning. Like, how do you all think um, we as a community, because we're all here talking about a love of our community, but do we show that all the time or do we put forth the effort? Are we seeing that being put forth and how we communicate and how we interact with one another? Somebody, anybody. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go. Can I go first? If that's cool. Sure. No, I, I think first of all, I want to say um, that was a dope um, phrase. I'm gonna start using "give it a love." Um, I'm gonna start using that because I think that's really dope. Um, I'm just gonna say that I work, you know, I work with young people, of course, and in between the ages of 16 and 24. And um, I know we do what's called the ACE. I don't know if you guys do that um, where you're at. We do what's called the ACE, an ACE test. Not a test, an ACE evaluation. I think Seiko, you might be familiar with it. And they ask them a series of questions. And if they if they score like a four and above, no, they're going to have a lot of, um, they're going to have, they're going to suffer from a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so I, I deal with youth who, I'm going to say about 68% of the population that I deal with, they score with a, a five and above on that ACE evaluation. Um, so they, they've been victims of sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, mental, emotional, drug abuse. Um, so I deal with that consistently on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and they do not come from a place of love. So I've had students tell me, um, you know, hey, the only way we can you'll, we'll listen to you is if you cuss at us and if you yell at us and if you if you berate us, you know. And I know that um, I'm not old school, so like... Um, I don't when I, even when I talk to my babies, I don't I don't come from that place where I'm cussing at them or yelling at them. I just really try to talk to them, negotiate, you know, bring things back, discuss, and try to give them a better understanding. So I know I agree with you overall. That is the case. I think um, what happens is um, when we have, and I think with the, the operative term is debates, right? When we have these debates, when we have disagreements with one another, adults, um, a lot of times those don't, they don't come from places of love. Um, I'm not saying that I'm not saying that when I have a debate with someone and it gets heated that I'm going to later, I'm not going to speak to them the next day. I think, I think that's, um, I don't think we, we, we work that way. I just know that, um, a lot of us operate from this idea that where my lane is the right lane. Um, or, and I see this happen a lot too. Like when we talk about activism, we talk about consciousness raising, um, there are people that'll say, well, I don't do consciousness raising. I do. You know, that's not really real activism. Or they'll say stuff like all the ports protesting and marching, we're done with that. And we berate that. Or we'll say that teachers are not doing enough. Or we'll say that those people that are doing, um, you know, economics, they're not doing enough. So um, I know a lot of times we feel like because I'm in this particular lane of education, a lot of people in my field will say someone who's teaching black economics is not doing everything they need to do. Or someone that's doing consciousness raises is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. But uh, it's a multi-pronged attack. White supremacy is a multi-pronged attack. So we have to defend ourselves in a multi-pronged fashion and also attack in a multi-pronged fashion. So it's real easy for me to look at someone who's doing um, any other kind of activism and look down upon it, and that's not fair. And I see that happen a lot. We, we like to um, um, degrade other people for doing the work that they do and not seeing it as, as, as something that's worthy of, of the liberation of our people. Word, word. Yeah, you said a mouthful there. Um, 
the, the the degradation in our interaction and like you said not necessarily coming from a place of love like I said I see so much <laughs> I'm here for the dragging I see it on Facebook Instagram all the time and it'll be people who are supposed to be about our people and everybody is ready to see somebody get dragged and I'm like it's real easy to say you know black this black people that um, you know I love my people for the culture for the culture but and, and and I mean it'll be just just disagree you know things that people disagree about not necessarily something that's a threat to you know the um advancement of our people just you know somebody says something you don't like and you're ready to drag them and talk about personal features and all kind of crazy things um crumb I'm interested in in your thoughts Oh, well, you know, um, I had talked to Seiko earlier and I, I, I said, you know, what, what are we going to be talking about? And he said that, well, matter of fact, I don't think he said we were going to talk about it, but he just mentioned drag culture. And when he said it, <coughs> I was like, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. I was like, hold on. I hope he's not talking about um, no, no. He said, Star uh, wants, wants to deal with drag culture. She's very interested in drag culture. <laughs> quote unquote. Quote unquote. Fago. <laughs> I was very upset at first. <laughs> You didn't ask for clarification. You was just like, I'm going to roll with it, lean with it, rock with it. Like, oh, that's what she's interested in? <laughs> <laughs> and how is that relevant? <laughs> but he went on to explain to me that you were talking about how our people like to come and see each other get dragged within certain realms like debating or <clears throat> even on um on Facebook somebody will post something and then in the comments it'll be like Michael Jackson eating popcorn and it'll say I'm just here for the comments you know just to see somebody get dragged mm. Mm. you know what I, I, I tell you I it, it bothers me that we've only focused so much on the destruction. You know, I was saying with Crumb the other day that, you know, as people of five foot centers, those who build and destroy, we're always focused too much, not all. We're too much, too much of us to focus on the destruction rather than the building. And that's what the uh, drag, dragging culture, I'm here for the drag culture, is really turned out. I mean, if you look at love and hip hop, that's what that's kind of about. You know, we recently had. What's the girl's name? Cardi Red. We recently had Hi. Cardi Red. We had the 757 for the Black Brand event. And it was interesting to me because we had Dr. George C. Frazier on, on stage. And he was talking about how we need to work together. Our business have to do this. And we have to stop doing certain things. And I was like, wow, a lot of the things he's talking about are part of drag culture, which Cardi Red is a part of. And, uh, you know, hey, I know people who love watching reality shows, but they're not dealing with the reality of the problems that are facing our people. So that we're here for the drag culture thing is really destroying us. 
We got to do something about it. Shay. <laughs> you saw my face, didn't you? I'm ready. Um, <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, the reality, the reality TV show thing. And I think what I want to say is that it's, it's human nature to kind of be fascinated by people's messiness. So it's not just black people um, that kind of, ooh, what are they doing? Because reality TV didn't even start with our shows. But I think what happens is we have a couple of things going on where we've kind of taken on the colonizer mindset. And we also have media that feeds us, right? And so like world star hip hop, the shade room, um, media outlets like that. They're pushing this narrative. I, I had a conversation with my crew the other day and I was trying to share with them that my observation is that a lot of our media is focused on the negative. It's focused on the, the trauma of the black community and it celebrates it. Um, and that's not something you see as a prominent feature in other cultures. But when you look at who controls the media, okay, but why are we getting that narrative? Who is distributing this narrative and who's consuming it? So we're consuming it, but so is the rest of the world. Hip hop culture is huge, huge. And so we have this perspective of, of everybody kind of seeing the black community as thugs and gangsters and, but not, not recognizing all of the things that kind of support and reinforce that and keep it going. I agree. And you brought up a great point in the fact that it's not just our community that does that. I don't know if we, you know, the fact that we've coined a, a phrase for it, but I have an affliction of being a comment reader. Like, and so definitely on Facebook and everything, I'll read articles, I'll be on YouTube, and I see white people coming for each other like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, so it's not just us, but I think we, y'all heard of black Twitter. <laughs> y'all know, like we, we, you know, y'all know about the dozens. Like we, we put, you know, some extra sauce on everything. Um, and like, you know, we've said before, or like the saying goes, if everybody else has a cold, you know, I think it says flu or we had a flu or pneumonia. So when you're dealing with a community that has already been, um, you know, adversely affected in so many ways, it, it we do want to point out that these are not things that are just happening within our community. But we do want to understand the effects of it happening in our community. And then, Shay, you brought up the point of, um, you know, who is there. There's a particular channel. Um, where every time, because I have notifications from it, and it's always something bad. It's like a person got shot, a white woman cursed out black. It's just that, that, that over and over again. And I think people call that trauma porn. Um, so it's a lot of that circulating around. And it's interesting now that we have the ability to create our own content. I even see some popular um, content creators where when they're beefing, everybody tunes in for that as well. So, um, and we have the ability now, like Crom has a huge following and we're here today and so many others to, you know, kind of work on that. And so I think we need to move forward talking about like why this is important. 
You know, we're not just saying this for feels like, oh, everybody love, let's all love, you know, what the world means now it's love, love, love. You know, it's, it's bigger than that. It's, it's, it's deeper than that. Like, the way in which we move and we want to accomplish these goals, I'll say love and respect. You know, because saying that I want to see you get get dragged and more so respect, you know, um, I, I, I don't, I would not take delight in seeing any of y'all being dragged. Like, I won't take delight in anybody black being dragged unless they are someone who is proven to continuously be a threat to the advancement of our community. So, um, when you said continuously, how many chances are we going to give folks? Let's set a standard. <laughs> I think it, and, and I think when we talk about a community code, you know, that is important and so many things are relative because I guess you could say like, what is it? You know, like there may be some things that you're like, okay, we told you once, we told you twice, you know, third time. And then there's some things that it's like, you're, you're out. Like, <laughs> you out. But I want to hear from Sam. Your thoughts? Well, I, I have to say this. My thoughts are, it comes from, I think, low self-esteem. And with social media now, in this day and age, everyone is seeking attention. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. And when it comes to YouTube or any social media platform, when you come for somebody, when you drag them, when you read them, you get followers, you get likes, you're tweeted. And for a lot of people, it gives them a sense of self-esteem. And I think in our community, because we get so much negativity, yet everybody wants to be like us. We sometimes will take this as me or some sort of validation when people are here basically for their entertainment to get their rocks off. You make them feel good, you entertain them for five seconds and they're off to whatever else makes them feel good and strokes their ego. But I think as a community before we can gather we have to find a way to mend our own heart and find a way to love ourselves and a very, very different way. We can't live our lives the same. Like Chrome always talks about how comparing things with us and white, we have to do things a different way. And we have to formulate what that means for us. The problem is we to set narratives for us and then we accept the other way around that we set the narrative and we set the tone. Love and hip hop, all of those franchises. When you look who owns them, it's they're not by us. Mona Scott may be the executive producer, but when we talk about ownership, it's a person of color. They're the ones who profit the most off of the buffoonery that we see. And now, unfortunately, we have a generation that is being rewarded for bad behavior. So, what? what people do and they say hey they get on TV I want to now be a reality star I can make some money whatever I want to do and I get rewarded for dragging people talking about their skin complexion how they look how they dress all of that so now we have a society that rewards us for bad behavior 
And I think we as a generation have to do what it's not do know all the answers. No. But I think a lot of it starts within our own communities and we have to set higher standards. You just said a mouthful. Um, I, like you, you said a mouthful. The first thing um, you talked about is low self-esteem and that kind of falls back. And we know that there are hundreds of years of historic things that happened that created this low self-esteem that, you know, like I always say, being human um, is, is can be difficult at times, period. Um, and then interjected things going on in society that could make it that way for just about anybody. But you add all of the historic things that have happened to our community on top of that, things that, you know, put low self-esteem on the community. Um, and then you have a recipe for disaster, um, potentially. So I think that's very, and a lot of the overcompensation, or like you said, people coming on trying to find self-esteem, trying to, you know, uh, uh, drag somebody to say something negative to come for somebody um, to make them feel good momentarily the, it, the social media has become what like a, another drug like when they say cocaine is a hell of a drug uh, Facebook is a hell of a drug uh, you know uh, Instagram is a hell of a drug you know and I, I think it, people are injecting themselves daily um, so yeah Seiko what you got to say wow We can't hear. Can y'all hear Seiko? Seiko, we can't hear you. All right. Is this, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Good now. All right. So we've talked about those things. We've talked about self-esteem. We've talked about dragon culture. One of the things that I want to talk about is how we don't value our creation. So we we place everyone else's. Okay, I'm speaking in absolutes, and we know as soon as you use the absolute, it's not absolutely true. But we do place value on others' creations. You know, as little as we value the names that Europeans created more so than we value the names that we create. You know, and we call the names that we create ghetto names or made up names. When every name, every word, every concept was made up. Every holiday was made up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every day of the week was made up. All this stuff was made up. It's man-made. We need to celebrate the things that we make and not necessarily demean them the way that we do. And in doing so, in doing so, we need to accept our creation. We need to accept the things that our creation will bring forth. And I think that's one of the problems that we have. That's one of the areas that we uh, really suffer from is we don't value the things that we create. Like, for instance, some of us get conscious and now we want to destroy the black church. Now, I'm not saying that the black church isn't uh, problematic in some areas. I'm not saying that the religion of the black church isn't problematic in some areas. But I've seen problems in all groups. I think that every organization has its functions and its dysfunctions. And so understanding that, we can't just go around willy-nilly and trying to destroy things thinking that's going to solve the problem. We can solve problems by focusing on the issues that are, you know, exacerbating the problem. But sometimes we try to go too far and we just try to destroy everything. And those are two of the things that I think we need to focus on. You know, we talk about flushing the BS, 
we need to stop. You know, that's part of dragging culture. All right, I'm going to drag down the church. You know, I'm going to I'm going to drag down this group. I'm going to drag down the politicians. I'm going to drag down the conscious folks. I'm going to drag down the hoteps. I'm going to drag down this. I'm going to drag down the feminists. I'm going to drag down. We always want to drag everything. Well, I'm saying always. Once again, I'm speaking to absolutes. So I'd like to for us to kind of, I'm sorry. I'd like for us to kind of define some of the things that we think need to be flushed personally. So like, I like to know what Clum, crumb thinks need to be flushed. I want to know what Danny thinks needs to be flushed. Uh, Danny's probably going to come from his uh, black male feminist piece. I can't, I, that's going to be interesting to hear. Uh, I want to hear what Shay thinks needs to be flushed. I want to hear what Sam thinks needs to be flushed. And I'm not in charge. So this is all on uh, Star's permission. So with your permission, Star, <laughs> I think that we all have some things that need to be flushed. And we can start with you, Star. What are some things that need to be flushed? Well, I think it's, you know, anti-Black sentiments. I think what needs to happen is establishing a code like as you guys go around and start talking about things that need to be flushed because when you said destroy the black church and people want to destroy everything well we want to destroy our certain behaviors certain actions and I don't even think it's strategic to say things that people hold so near and dear to their hearts like you're not going to pull people off of that just by telling them you know saying negative things about it but I think you know we can go around and identify certain behaviors certain patterns certain things that need to stop um, rather than looking at individuals so that's what, and, and I'm interested in hearing what everybody else has to say as well. So, Shay, what are some things that um, you would like to flush? <sighs> I try to see value in, in a lot of things, but um, if I was going to say let's let's shift from something, I would say celebrity culture. Um, the worship of money, the idea that, oh, they made it. Um, that's what I want to do. I want to make money. Um, like like uh, Sam was saying, it's like whatever gets me what I need is what I want to go for. And I think we really need to get away from that and start being able to say, okay, is this good for me? Is this good for my community? Those two are, <laughs> those are great, sis. Um, definitely. Celeb culture has us, you know, listening to people like uh, Dan Trez's friend Clifford. You know, that's what the celebrity worship does. You know, <laughs> people are quoting him as somebody who we need to listen to and follow. Y'all, boy, T.I. Um, and uh, yeah, what you said about the worship of money, everybody's trying to secure the bag. And I think a big thing is going back to a community first, a community first standard. You know, like you said, instead of thinking about how does it benefit me, how does it benefit the community, my community? So um, next, um, Dan Trez. What are you flushing? I, I was really, you know, early, when I when I te- when I texted everybody yesterday, I was really looking for a specific subject, and then I kind of feel like this is like really broad. Um, I'm, I try to be real careful when we, when we say things like this because I don't really think that I'm in the business of policing like behavior, certain behavior. I don't think I'm in that business. 
Um, but I will say that picking back and off of what you said when, I, when we talked about Clifford, I do think, and Malcolm X talked about this all the time. He talked about how a lot of our, we look at a lot of our leaders as celebrities and athletes. And I think, I wish you could really move away from that, um, from, you know, because we know more about um, who our local, you know, our athletes are versus who our local um, community activists and community people, community servants are. And I think we need to start bigging up those community servants in our discussions, you know, like, um, you know, I'm in the podcast lane, so I really try to um, interview people who are doing things um, for the community versus trying to get someone who's making a lot of money, um, being a celebrity, et cetera, et cetera. So I wish you would really focus on that. And it goes back to um, what you're teaching in the home, right? Uh, what, who are we celebrating in the home? You know, who are we talking about in the home? Who are we talking about in our classrooms, right? Um, I know oftentimes in our classrooms when we, when we ask our students to talk about leaders, they'll say somebody like Oprah. They'll say somebody like, you know, Michael Jordan. They'll say somebody like Missy Elliott, who, you know, I love Missy Elliott. I love Oprah. Um, I love LeBron James, but, you know, I always encourage my students to look for historical figures, particularly, you know, modern, you know, that are doing things now um, that are not celebrities. So I, I'm going to piggyback off the of, of what Shay said about celebrity culture. But I also um, piggybacking off of what Seiko was talking about. Um, we do need to value what we create. I really am all for that. I'm all about, um, you know, shout out, you know, shout out to Kwanzaa is coming up. My favorite Kwanzaa principle is Kuchagulia, which is self-determination. And I really think that that's my, my favorite Kwanzaa principle. And it's probably, it's probably the only Kwanzaa principle I follow throughout the entire year. Because <laughs> I always, we're supposed to be following all the principles throughout the year. It's probably the only one that I follow throughout the year. So I need to do better on that. But we need to, we need to teach more self-determination. We need to, we need to really, really support that. And really teach, really teach the history of our people. Because we're, we're doing a horrible, we, we are doing a horrible job on that. I was on Crumb's uh, show uh, a couple weeks ago and I talked about that, how my generation really failed the generation because we don't really teach the history of our people because we can't expect no one else to do it. Word, those are that's definitely important. And um, I want to say this, Seiko, you did a um a close up. Shout out to Dan Trez and his beard game. I haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> you you definitely got that thing going on there. That's what's up. Um, so you said the, the one thing I want to ask you though about police and behavior. You know, I don't want to be into that either. And if I feel like I'm charting, like heading there, you know, I try to check myself because we are not monolithic um but however i think it's about setting code standards because a lot of us have talked about we work with youth and you know if you have a household with a man and a woman and children in it or you know whomever if it's more than one person or even in your household with yourself and if other people are coming in or just with yourself we usually set code and standards in our classroom um you know with how we deal with each other whatever so i think that's more so what we're kind of throwing out as things to look at um to to establish a code um, here, but definitely, like but, you said, if, teach, I could, if I could jump, yeah, but if I could jump back in, um, and I, it's not to, I'm not slighting anybody, I'm not slighting anybody, but one thing I don't do is I don't do respectability politics. I, that's one thing I don't do. And respectability politics is the idea that our oppression is rooted in how we act. I don't do that. So I tell my students all the time, I'm as ratchet as they come uh, from the projects. You know, I act a fool, I turn up. You know, when I clock out, I turn up. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, most of my students will tell you if they see me in the supermarket, it's because I'm in the wine section. 
So um, I really try not to really police behaviors. Yeah, when it's time to work, and any any of my students will tell you, you know, the way I get down, when that bell ring, we work to the bell, the next bell ring. We work. You're going to work in my class. You're going to write. You're going to read. We're going to do all that. But um, I try not to really police behavior, and I don't do respectability politics at all because our oppression is not rooted in how we act. Yeah, and I mean, I agree. Like, I mean, look, <laughs> the the older I got, the more I understood the value of wine, <laughs> you know, in, 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 in moving through this thing called life. Um, I don't think we're saying that um, again. I think, um, you know, like, well, how you dance or how you, you know, whatever. Um, but right here, right now, we're just saying again, I think in our homes and our, you know, various ways, sometimes I'm, I don't think anybody is saying that our oppression is the oppression is a cause of that. But just for us to think things again, celebrity culture. Let's look at that. Let's dissect that. Let's examine that. Let's look at how we don't value our own. Or like what you said, you know, I always say if you are not teaching the culture to our babies, if you're not teaching the history to our babies, then you're doing a disself to, you know, them, um, ourselves as individuals and the community at large. So I'm with you with that. Like, you know, that's a that's a big thing. And I don't think that's a respectability thing. It's something that, you know, we want to flush out not teaching the history to our babies or we want to insert teaching the history and making that be a part of um you know like a, a weekly if not daily thing um but yeah you know I, I feel you on that people will go back and forth about that whole respectability thing and I think we need to sometimes figure out how to agree to disagree when you establish a code then if it's not that then you just got to walk away from it and say, we don't agree. Like if it's not these, you know, 10 points that we're talking about right here, if it's not on that, then, you know, like, Hey, we're wasting time. But, um, Sam, what are you wanting to, um, flesh out? Just Sam, I'm muted. Okay. I think Sam is muted. All right, so okay. what I want to flush out is, can you all hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, cool. All right, what I want to flush out is self-deprecation because I think we take on, like, this is my personal belief. Not everybody may agree, but I believe that energy, I have to be mindful of the energy to ourselves and I think a lot of times activity of people are portrayed in society I think a lot of times we ingest that in instead of rejecting it and creating another narrative and I think that when you hate yourself it's easy to do things that perpetuate and create negative stereotypes that's why I'm saying up to up to start creating and start playing this generation and generate of positivity to see ourselves in a different light. You know, I mean, the fact that Miss Universe and others, they're, they're black. And how much is being celebrated and uh, of good things that black people are doing in this country and world, what we have to begin to do is we have to begin to focus on those things. 
because we're our walking representations for society, for black people as a whole. Because like recently for my birthday, I went to the Philippines to celebrate when my Pinoy family had a great time. But I remember I'm in another, I'm a person. How I walk, talk, everything. I represent every person on the planet, even though I'm not responsible for every black person on the planet. So what I'm saying is we all have to begin to start a narrative. We're going to have to reject these negative narratives and stop allowing ourselves and even those in our culture to true about all. So I'm interested. Um, it seems like to me, is there a little, okay, I think we lost Dantris because I was about to ask him something. But we have somebody because I was like, wait, what just happened here? Somebody showed up with the tie and the vest and I don't see crumb, crumb anymore. So I'm um, still here. I just I just got to get my, my, my cord and hook my laptop up. It's about to die. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, while you're handling that, we're going to get um, the brother that's uh, suited and booted down here. Uh, what's your name, sir? And uh, Eddie. Eddie. All right, Eddie. How are you doing this evening? I'm well, thank you. All right. Great, great. Glad to have you join us. So what we are talking about, since you just dove right in, you're going to get in it, double dutch right into this. Yep. What are your thoughts about... Um, some things that you would like to see flush that we should flush out of the black community. We've had Sister Shay who said um, celebrity culture. Um, she said, uh, let me see, uh, the worship of money. Um, we have Danny who said, uh, uh, and Seiko were like, we need to value what we create and we need to teach the history to our children. So we need to flush out not valuing what we create and not teaching the history to our children. Um, and then we have Sam who said, stop perpetuating. I think if I'm paraphrasing correctly, stop perpetuating negative stereotypes. And so what do you got to say, brother? So I'm a co-sign that whole, we need to, we need to teach our history because I said that to somebody earlier today. But um, one of the things we need to flush out is stop parents stop not parenting our kids mm. stop being so it's not important to be their friend like we're not teaching our kids values anymore and one of the things we need to flush is lack of communication skills in this social media culture where we let kids you know we let we let social media be the parent the babysitter we let that also dictate how our kids interact they don't know how to talk to one another they don't know how to talk to adults. They don't know how to talk to anybody. And that's, you know, and that's a problem. And I say that as a parent, as an educator, no. Cause my, you know, I find myself saying like, who are you talking to? I don't like that. <laughs> and, I, and I promise you, just cause I got this tie on, is probably never that clean. Um, for real. I'm like, I use, cause I teach, I used to teach a hood. I'm like, yo, who the fuck are you talking to? It's, it's, it's really <laughs> Who are you talking to? And they looking at you like, huh? No. And I, we got to stop that. Like, and I tell kids, I'm like, we're we've lulled our children into this false sense of this false sense of thinking that they can say whatever they want to whoever they want, however they want, and there are no consequences. No, that shit will get you slapped in your mouth. 
That's how that's supposed to work. Real talk. Like I'm, I'm I've had I've had it up to here. Like I'm really right here with it. Like uh uh-uh. uh. That's that's one of those things that's really annoying me. Like we gotta stop. We gotta stop letting that go, letting that slide. And that's one of the problems with like public education. Stop pandering to kids and parents. I know that sounds crazy, but when do we stop letting you know? When do we stop setting the standard for okay? So this is how you act. This is how you act. This is how you're supposed to dress. This these are the things. Like I find myself. You see, you see this. I just came from a concert. I get tired of having to say to somebody, okay, explain to somebody what business casual is, what appropriate church attire is, what what any you don't know that. So I'm interested. I heard what you said. Now Seiko, let me do a time check. What what how are we on time? Are we just are you are we good or we're Gucci. We're Gucci. Okay, we Gucci. So I would like to hear um, Dan Trez's, um because I, I'm feeling like um, I'm hearing some. And again, all the I want to hear all sides um, on this. But um, what are your thoughts, Dan Trez, on what? And I'm sorry. Um, tell me, tell me your name again. Eddie. Eddie. That's right. What, what was your question? You want me to uh, my thoughts on what Eddie said? Yes, I I agree with him. I, I fucks with Eddie. Yeah, I, I feel you. I, I, you know, uh, I'm, as a parent, I've been a parent. I've been in this gangster business, this parenting for 26 years, and um, I operate a particular way. Um, as a mentor for decades, as an educator, I agree, man. Um, um, you know, like it's wild, like how you know when I call a parent up, I got. I'm not gonna lie. I shouldn't even, and Eddie. I shouldn't even be doing this. I have like a speech where I'm like, hey. You know, I've been a parent for X amount of years, and I understand sometimes you get a phone call from the teacher saying they ain't do this work. I'm not commenting on your parenting at all. Just letting you know that your child is failing in my class, and these are the things he or she needs to do. And I got, I do all this because I know that as soon as I say, if I just call up and say, you know, um, you know, Malik is not doing well in class. Oh, we trying to say I'm a bad parent, and I'm like, no, I'm not trying to say that at all. So I, I feel you. Um, I, I, I see a lot of parents doing things like. I, you know, and this is just one example, and I'll move on. I've had students that will sleep in class, and I'm like, yo, what time you going to bed? And they be like, I'm going to bed at 2, 3 in the morning. And I'm like, bruh, you supposed to be, you know, like, you don't have a bedtime? And they be like, nah, I actually don't have a bedtime. And when I talk to their parents, they're like, oh, nah, I let them go to bed whenever they feel like it. And I'm just like, wow. So, yeah, I, I feel you 100%. Yeah. Because it's a problem. And then, you know, we've taken, especially in education with no child left behind, we've taken accountability away from the kids. And so they're not accountable for their work. Their parents aren't supposed to be accountable. So then they put it on us like, oh, it's your job. No, it's not my job. It's not my job. It's your job. I raise my kids. I'm not supposed to raise yours. So and and when you guys bring that up, working with youth, I find that to be one of the most um, challenging um, task and it's something that is very important like you said what's happening at home and it, it, it's kind of like you said some people want to rally against that but you know all all forces matter you know what's going on at home what's going on in the community but having done the work a lot of times you know the the home is the main influence and the home is what you know creates um 
you know, the child in which we are working with. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a whole nother uh, show topic <laughs> that we could have at another time. Like that's its own animal right there. And it's something that's very important. So I feel you, Mr. Latifa. You said you had it up to here. I get it. I get it. I do. Um, yeah. So Seiko, Seiko, what is it that you want to flush? Well, you know, I mentioned that we need to flush the ability, the, the tendency to not value our creations. I mentioned that we need to. All right. But one of the other things that I think we really need to flush, we need to flush the way we approach the political system. Now, you and I talked about this last time. Um, you know, there's some groups in the, in the political realm that take us for granted that we're going to support them. You know, it, it was kind of interesting. I went through an interesting metamorphosis. So, I'll, you know, I began voting as a Democrat, right? And then, you know, Dan will, Dan Trez is going to laugh at me. But I started listening to Rush Limbaugh and I was like, oh, snap, this is interesting. All right. I see their value. Okay. Okay. So then I said, hey, mom, dad, I'm a Republican, right? <laughs> and so I got disowned by the family, right? Uh, and then, you know, 1995, I was listening to the, uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and others who were talking about preparing for the Million Man March. And they said, we need to remove ourselves from all political parties because that's the only way to become empowered. And I thought about that for a year or two. And then I pulled away for both of them. And I was like, you know what? I'm not a D. I'm not an R. I'm definitely independent. I'm looking for the best plan. I'm looking for the best solution for our people at this particular time. I think we need to stop. Like, for instance, there's a lot of us who are celebrating that Trump was impeached. <clears throat> and I'm like, that's a nothing burger. It hasn't, it hasn't improved your life. It hasn't. Uh, you know, it hasn't done anything good for you, and I'm not sure if it's going to. So I think we need to start saying, hey, and I said this in the last live, I am a registered voter with a voting history. I have 150 people with me. You need to do something that's part of my agenda to get my vote. So I think we need to start moving from being just voters to empowered blocks of votes and we can get some of the legislation that's really going to improve our community. So the fact that we just blindly follow along with one political party, I think that's something we need to flush immediately. Well, I, I agree. That's Go ahead, Eddie. I was say, I don't know if we need to flush that. What we need to flush is the electoral college. That's the bullshit in the oil. Real talk. Because, because the electoral college was meant to help you know, these smaller states, but at this point, it's not helping. You know, it's kind of balanced out. The fact is, in our current situation, what I don't like about our current situation, our current political climate, is the fact that as a Demo as a Democratic Party, we're right now, we're eating our young. We're eating our young in terms of, okay, so everybody's trying to get the nomination. Well, while you pick each other apart, Old Orange Cheeto is getting this. <laughs> Are you kidding? So now, after you have picked each other thin, now we gotta put this up against this little bad toupee wearing orange. I'm sorry, I'm, and it's real personal because I'm in DC and we want him gone, like now, like really. You know what I'm saying? So that's my issue. It's not even. It's about. Because, you know, in our current situation, it's about, look, what do we do to get this bastard out of office? 
because he got to go. Now, I don't say the piece, the, I, I would not say technically that, you know, to say that the impeachment's a nothing burger. Nah, it's a, it's a call to arms that finally somebody's going to say, you know what, you got to be accountable for your crimes. Dude, you've committed treason. These are just two articles. Bro, people are dancing in the streets over this impeachment, and I'm like, look, things have not changed. But I mean, he's not going to be. Well, okay. So yeah, here's the thing. We know he's not going to get removed because you have bitch McConnell in the Senate. This <laughs> sweet ass Lindsey Graham, who just said, "Oh no, we're not going. We're not going to do our job and uphold the Constitution." They've already said it, and so let's let let's let Shay get in here. Um, Shay, what were you about to say? So here's the thing. Even if, let's say, it goes to the Senate, Senate sends it to a real trial, Senate convicts him, and he does get removed from office. They still have all the judges they've put in place. Yep. They still have Mitch McConnell with 400-some bills chilling on his desk. Uh, We still got the same racist people in everyday life we got the oh my gosh I don't even want to talk about this 2A sanctuary city thing um, but none of that is going to change nothing he's done gets undone and so we really need to take a hard look at the way our system works and how we can start changing it and I you know, I agree with you because I've said many times and I keep preaching that you know what while everybody's focused on the White House that's not our battle our battle is winning the Senate because again, bitch McConnell gotta go. Sweet ass Lindsey Graham gotta go. Every Republican that will stand lock, stock, and barrel with a president that they know is dead ass wrong and treasonous and bad for national security, yeah, nah. And, and the it, Democrats aren't doing anything for the community either. Well, you know, well, one thing that I think, one thing that I think, Seiko, you said um, for uh, uh, as far as this is voters, I think we need to become strategic voters. Um, right, I right. think that we we need to have strategy when it comes to these different things. And one thing, like when you were talking about the the black church earlier, I have said that I feel like because I say that um, the black church probably followed by things that happen with um, fraternities and sororities are the things that get the most black people in mass at one time consistently. And so I feel like churches should start um, incorporating classes like a politics for dummies. Um, and I know that 501c3s are not able see, they can't advocate for a particular candidate, but that's not to say that you can't educate people on the political process. And I think having a more informed um, informed voter populace as well as strategy, 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 because it's usually you go out and vote and you put the sticker on and everybody's like, yeah, I voted, you know. And so um, just, just being more strategic and teaching people that process will empower us in a lot of ways and you know like Danny said Dan Shred said earlier a lot of times we know more about celebrities than we know about the people who are holding office um, in, right in the cities and towns in which we live so it's strategy 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 like I think as the people I, we have to be strategic like learn, look at the land you know pay attention to what has happened previously look at what's happening now how do we make things work how in the, in the discord and the dysfunction how do we play like because we tend to get played a lot how do we start becoming a player um and and become empowered i just gave, I just gave a strategy 
Hey, I got a whole block of votes, and we're not de- we're not Democrats, we're not Republicans, we're independent, and you need to follow our agenda, or we're not voting for either one of y'all. That's the strategy. What were you gonna say, no. uh, Ed? Well, no, because I, I keep seeing a lot of people saying because you you mentioned it. We're talking about um, they have candidates haven't done anything for the community, and you know what? For that, I get that. You know what people said? President Obama didn't do anything for the black community. So I have a question for this: What did, the people that are saying that? What have you done? Real talk. I ask that all the time. What have you done? Because if you're not getting, you know what I'm saying. So we can't. I don't think we can change the political process from the outside of the process. All you are is people out. All we are is out there making noise. No, we have to get in on our local levels. It doesn't start at the top of this chain. It's like change in the school system. That shit doesn't come from the top. It comes from the bottom. So therefore, we got to get in on the bottom floor of this deal and start making change. If that means in our local state, our state and local governments, we got to start making change. We got to be present and push our agenda forward. We can't let And them- so if we're going to get I- in like that, I- then I- go ahead, Danny. Danny. Two things. Uh, I'm going to say one thing. Um, I know a lot of people say, you know, my vote doesn't count or X, Y, Z, I don't vote. If if voting wasn't a big deal, why they, they're they so hard? When I say they, I usually say, you know, right, right-wing conservatives. Uh, why are they so hard on suppressing the black vote? They are very, there are, are states where they, they suppress the black vote. There are states where they're hard on that shit. Yeah. Now they're talking about, and, and next year we're supposed to get this, um, federal ID so that we could travel between states and you gotta you gotta use that to vote. I'm not I, yo, I'm not lying to you. October first, twenty twenty, everybody gotta have those federal IDs so you could travel from state to state. Yeah, they're, they're also gonna use that to vote. So if you don't have that, then I can let you I can let you vote. So if 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 our vote wasn't important, why do they work so hard to suppress it? Because they know, you know what I mean why the voting rights acts have to consistently be re-updated every time. Because they know that the black vote is a powerful vote. Number two, I wish we had the same energy during the presidential elections for the local elections. The local elections, the elections that happen in between the presidential elections are the ones that affect us immediately. The laws, the the, um, the changes they made to the state constitutions, they make those changes within a few months. You feel it immediately once those changes are made, right? So I don't, I don't see that same energy. I don't see, you know, when I go to the presidential election next year in, in November, the, the, the voting booths are full. But the, the subsequent years in between the presidential elections, I could walk in and out. And I'm like, man, what happened to that energy, right? So uh, the way we're going to do it, the strategy is, it got to be from the ground up. We got to start at the lower levels, right? And move our way up. So for example, I could run for city commission, right? And then in four years, run for state, state senator, right? And then run for state of Ohio Congress in in um in D.C., right? And then maybe the Senate. And you see what I'm saying? I, have, I, I create a track record and my constituents hold me accountable. But I have to start from the bottom and I have to work my way up. And that's it's going to take a couple of years. Right. But we think that if I just vote right now, tomorrow, everything's going to change. And that's not how that shit works. Not at all. So we are in a microwave society, but I think another issue comes back to a lot of people don't even know what those positions are that you named and how they affect their lives. Like how 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 
closely they affect their lives or impact their lives. So I really think, like I said, it'd be dope. Um, you know, just putting this out there, I'm probably not the the person who would who could create it, but could, who could help is a politics for dummies type thing. And I, I really put a lot of onus on the church again when it's the one that gets the most black people. I remember one day I was going somewhere and I actually wasn't driving. I was the passenger and it happened to be on Sunday. Yeah, we were taking some of our youth to um, to a state park. And I'm like just observing all these churches we're passing by and all these full, full parking lots. And I'm like, this is all like black people assemble here. And this is a great opportunity to dispense some useful information. So I think that, um, you know, putting something together so that people can understand, like you said, what is the city commissioner? What do they do? How does that affect your life? Um, when are the elections for that? Um, different things to make people more informed about that because a lot of people, just everybody knows what the president is or somewhat you know has an idea of who the president is what we've been told about that and everything so that's why they show up for that we need education and like I said I think the church and then I'll say the fraternities and the sororities y'all get the captive audiences of black people all the time you know dispense this information um, and then from the bottom up I totally agree with that just moving with strategy though and I think sometimes we gotta be more shrewd like going back we know how to drag and we know how to come for people but like let's be more shrewd with the power of our vote like you know it's not fun and games we're talking about our our lives our future the future of our our youth our children our grandchildren our great-grandchildren so I think that's the time we need to be strategically coming for people is um you know the people who have the ability to make those decisions long term and we need to be thinking about it like you know a minimum 50 years ahead so um but i guess we're at a lightning round right now because um it's, it's getting a little late so did anybody else i'll, I'll let you know anybody just the, the the rope is turning who's who's jumping in well that's funny hey. go ahead baby. Shay. Shay um, I because because i saw a couple of comments about getting rid of politics and i used to hate politics and I don't think people understand that politics really just means policy, as in the laws that regulate your life. And in this country, the way this country was founded, the way this country was developed, all oppression, extinction, um, the Japanese internment camps, slavery, all the Native American, all of that stuff was legal. All that stuff is done through law. And so when we t- when we learn the history of laws um, and when we can start to make changes in the things that are broken and start making the laws work for the people, and I think we can do that, but we have to have the history and the education and, yeah, the strategy. All right, all right. So, Eddie, I think you were, you were getting ready to jump in. No, it's funny that you mentioned that those initiatives from the church, because my church today was talking about how they're, we're informing the people, like we're starting with something as simple as the census and why it's important and why you have to, you know, how your funding comes. And we're starting that political education piece because we do that, you know? And so, so you say it, and that's funny. It's like, oh yeah, we're doing it. And I feel like a heathen because I hadn't been to church in like a month, but still, <laughs> but still, because I've been doing this right here and all over the place, but that's another issue. But still, that's those things are happening. And you know what? If more churches, because I live in an area where we got huge, we got huge churches. I promise you, we can access between my church, 
and let's see, one, two, three, with four churches within a two mile, two to three mile radius of each other. I promise you, we access over 75,000 people. Serious. Wow. Because, wow. because I'm serious, you, we got some of the biggest churches literally probably again within within a five mile circle yeah you could we access about 75 I know half of Prince George's County goes to uh, the Church of Glen Arden so if your church can you know be a a, a, a leader um, or you know link with other churches then I don't I'm not saying that it doesn't happen but I think we all can agree that it's not happening to the degree in which um, it it could or should be happening but I'm giving props I'm gonna give props to your church for actually doing that like that is great so we just need to see that happening more and more and more because a lot of them are on the prosperity gospel or just the you know the scripture and you know that that the the religious aspect of it and not the practical the practicality a lot of times so because whatever you attend you are still a human being who navigates in this world and who is affected by the policy as Shay stated. So um yeah that's that's dope for your church to be doing that. Um Sam real quick did you have anything else you wanted to add? I think there might be a little delay. Okay. I just wanted to add real quickly um I think sometimes even this podcast, like what we're doing right now, is a great step in a positive direction. Like we're coming together, we're not dragging, we all have different thoughts and views, and we're coming together to form a collective. And it's important. You know, we talk about, well, we need people to do this and do that, but I think that this, what we're doing right here, is in a positive direction. And I think we need to use social media as in a more so I'm just saying I'm happy for what we're doing and for all of us coming together. All right, that yeah, definitely using it, um, using social media, you know, any um, all of these things in a positive way. Definitely, we that is something that we didn't have the ability to do before. If you weren't on a main radio station, if you didn't get on a main television channel, but we can reach each other in mass this way. So using it for things that are not just about dragging or sensationalism, definitely for um, this group of people who assembled tonight, as well as all of the many other people, black people on YouTube. Who are using it positively um, So and again so we talked About the things that we want to flush So if you guys were taking notes Or if you go back and look at that again I think the way I see that is the beginning Steps of creating code And it's code that you know we can start If we haven't if you haven't already been doing it You can start you know implementing Code with how we look at how we Interact with one another we started out With um, talking about love And respect and so I think If we're really all about our community then we should be moving out of respect and love. Like if you really care about this, if you really are about this life, even when the correction has to happen, as you're talking about um, and the frustration, like you were saying, Eddie, because trust me, 
I get it. <laughs> you know, but it's it's the reason why you still do it is because you have the respect, the love, and the value for the community, for our community. So as we interact with one another, let's make sure that we're interacting with each other, um, implementing this code, and we're uh, um, the things that we're looking at flushing the behaviors that seem to be a detriment to our community, and um, just moving from a from a place of love. I love us. I freaking love us, yeah. man. Like we're we're pretty daggone phenomenal, yo. Like I, I can love I say us. something real quick? Um, yeah. I want to shout out everybody in the chat room that's showing us a lot of love. There's a lot of love in that chat room. So I shout out to everybody, Jomo Jenkins, all of y'all that yeah. are showing us a lot of love. They're posting my link to my to my um podcast. So I appreciate that. I really do, man. Y'all could y'all could be anywhere else. Y'all could be doing whatever y'all want. Um, but y'all y'all are here um showing us love for real. Yes, yes, you guys. I, and I was going to get to that. And y'all, you know, pardon me because I'm kind of like the YouTube platform is a little different for me. But I, I do see it popping up there. And um, thank you guys so much for and I see some very um, uh, interesting and dope and useful comments that you guys are um, adding to the discussion. We definitely see that and appreciate that. It's the 10 o'clock hour on the East Coast and y'all are sticking it out with us. So thanks so much. And um, I want to shout out a, a, a special uh, sister. Uh, her her name is uh, on here, I think, Kay Croftus, and her IG handle is Kai Creatress, a dope sister that I met through this channel. If you guys want to follow her and show her some love, Kai Creatress, and she does some really great drawings. Um, she she taught me some things in the short period of time that I've gotten to know her through this channel. So I just want to say what's up to that sister. And um, yeah, everybody who is tuning in, we appreciate you all. Thanks to Crumb for the platform. And um, Seiko, did you? Yeah, I want to give a couple things? of last, yeah. I want to give a couple of last words. Like right now, we have the image from "Dear Black Man, I Need You." Star, talk about that real quick, because that's one of the ways that we're flushing out some of the BS. So this Dear Black Man, I Need You is a um, book that I wrote and um, having a, a lot of years of working in our community and, our, and with our youth, um, what motivated me to write this was just the understanding. A lot of times I've been in situations where my group was all black male teens um, and even with my babies when I had the babies which would be a mixture of boys and girls just the need for our brothers at our best in the community and how um, I see things playing out when you guys are there and the difference of how I see it playing out when you all are not there so um, that book just speaks to the need of our men and um, the you know how how powerful it is when we are working in sync as black men and black women for the betterment of our homes, um, our youth and our communities. You can get that on Amazon. Yeah. Big ups to you for that. Cause you know what? I'm, I'm glad that, you, that somebody recognizes the fact. And I say this as a, as a black male educator, that there's something magical about the way that we interact with kids and our ability to connect with kids. And the problem is that most systems are not equipped to handle that. They want you, they want your black face, but they want you to be a black man that is going to do what you're told. Herein lies most of my problems because well, I don't conform to that. <laughs> I just don't conform to that. And and it's and it's you know, and I've even told I've told superiors, I'm like, you know, 
how you handle things is different and how kids respond to you. You're the one in the classroom crying because little Johnny won't sit down or he done called you a bitch or something or cussed you out or something. I done looked at Johnny and told him, I will punch you in your throat. And Johnny has sat his whole tail down because it's a whole different level of respect and how we handle things. They expect you to, you know, a lot of systems, you know, they want to script how you interact with young people. And so as, as a black man, that's not it. That's not that. That's not how that works. Well, and, and, and I feel like it takes two to create the to create a human. So when when we're both when when the children are getting both um, energies at their best, because nobody just being there, because you could be there and you could be a detriment. But you know, like being Anita Baker and giving it the best that you got. I told you I speak in small. I told. Um, anyway, that is what that is what um, we need. And so sometimes I feel like one energy is written off and um what we want is um us working in sync us working in tandem i think you know the the sister's presence is important and the brother's presence is important and let's not forget that um i value the dope black men in my life just like i value um the dope black women in my life and i was raised from 12 to an adult by a single father obviously a black man so um psycho yeah, was there anything else you wanted to say before we peace out? Stay floss, 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 stay The views expressed on the Fly Guy Podcast by the guests of the Fly Guy Podcast are only the views of the guests, unless we say we agree, unless explicitly stated. <laughs> Stay floss, stay floss, stay floss, stay floss, stay floss, stay floss. Stay conscious, stay fly.